Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Can you dig it, sucker? Welcome to the Room for Error podcast, the podcast that does not believe in field goal kicking. I'm Cole Sheets with my brother from another mother, like always, PIC, Dan Harmson. What's crack-a-lackin', brosif? Si madre es to not your madre. Which is Spanish for your bath mats need a cleaning. Something like that. I don't know. No, uh, how was uh, how was your Monday, Danny? How's everything going today? It's fucking cold. It's windy. We've got some snow on the ground, folks. It's real shitty. Um, sounds like we're going to have a nice little two-day winter here, so that's the thing. Yeah, the record low um, was set back in the 80s or something like that on November 12th, and it was uh, like four degrees, and we're going to get to five degrees, so. Oh, it's going to be colder than that. It, yeah, I think that's coming. It's global warming. Nice little, uh, excuse me, it's climate change. Nice little thing to wake up to four and a half inches of snow on the ground, but... Right. I mean, what can you do? Uh, Everyone, thank you for joining us uh, here on episode 10. We are uh, coming off of a big weekend in college football, not only here with local teams, uh, as well as some very, very, very big national games with some really uh, fun and exciting outcomes across the board as well. Uh, We appreciate you sticking with us here. We're, uh, we're, We're in episode 10. It's kind of hard to believe. It's been uh, about 13 weeks of it. I think there were a couple times where we skipped a week of episodes. So really, if we would have stuck to our once a week thing, we'd probably be on episode 12 or so. But uh, no matter, we are still in the driver's seat here and getting ready to... It's a driver's seat. Would somebody else be in the driver's seat? I mean, we're both pretty much asleep at the wheel 99% of the time. Makes so um, we got uh, we got some Monday Night Football on the TV down here in the Man Cave and uh, Man Cave Media Centers. We've got uh, split screen here. we got DePaul and Iowa. Um, Iowa just coming off a heartbreaking loss uh, from today, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I'd like to kick the show off with my cocktail of the week. And once again, uh, we stuck to whiskey. Uh, we are going to double fist it here a little bit. Danny Boy brought over some uh, uh, the pick a flight or excuse me fix a flight pick six from fairway looks like he's got some goodies over there i see a uh, ruthie from exile which is one of my favorites that's a good one it's always a good choice um but right here i've got uh my little fun twist on a whiskey sour and i don't really have a have a name for it but um what it is it's just um about a shot and a half of bv with um a fairly heavy Squeeze of lemon and lime juice out of the the pre-fashioned juice that you can get in the aisle. And then some of those carbonated um, key lime waters from Fairway. Um, I mean, I suppose you could probably call it like an Alabama ice water or something like that, but I don't know. An Alabama hot pocket? (laughs) Uh, Please do not say vulgar things like that on the podcast. Oh no! Okay, Danny, what do you think of it? What do you think of my cocktail? There, I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm surprised though you didn't. I figured by the time you know you poured that BV out and left it open, Taylor Hall could have smelled that from across town. It would be ringing your doorbell. Yeah, he's actually already um, knocked on the windows three or four times. We pretended like we there's, weren't there's home. There's BV in there. I know it. <laughs> I smell BV. Yeah. I brought my diet do over in case you needed any. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you freaking redneck. 
Oh my goodness. So I I just preface this by saying, I don't know if I've had a Saturday in a long time where there were just so many local yet national games of intrigue that were all good games and fun to watch and just a Saturday viewing experience like that. Dude, and obviously we if we could change the outcome of one particular game, we would. But I have not had that much fun on a Saturday in a long time. That was a that was an awesome time. Like you said, there were there was all those you had the national perspective with Well in our games, local games, we had Oh yeah. Three very local games that all had, you know, big national implications. Yeah. So it's that's crazy. I mean, I don't know that I'd necessarily consider Minnesota local. I honestly don't know a single Minnesota fan, truthfully. Do you? Well, I think Minnesota fans are you know, up there, don't get me wrong, they have more stuff to do up there. Like but they're Minnesota fans are kind of weird. They're like, well, the Vikings, you know, when they're good, they, I, they probably come out because they've got the Vikings and Twins and Timberwolves. So just three average sports franchises. But I'd have to imagine. The wild, there's that, I guess. I'd but. have to imagine we've got a pretty large following of Minnesota Gophers fans on the Room for Error podcast. It seems like it seems like a no-brainer here. but um, Right. Uh, but starting with that one, that game was intoxicated. Yeah, because that started at 11. Yeah. So that one was 11. How about like that? Let's just talk about that for a second. At 11 o'clock, you get that huge game, Minnesota-Penn State, right? And then at 2.30 rolls around, you get LSU and Alabama. You've got Iowa. You get Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, And then there's some other games going on in the background. I was listening to the Iowa State basketball game at the same time as well. Yeah, we we tried to get get it on that TuneIn app down here, and I just didn't really want to do the free trial deal just because I'd forget to cancel it. I've got the TuneIn app for free, and I can... What? There's a free version of the TuneIn app. No way. The only one I saw was going to charge me 8 bucks a month or some BS. Oh, dang it. Okay, well, screwed that up. Um, Yeah, and then those night games, the night slate came around, and it was the Iowa State game on Fox, and I don't even know who ABC's primetime game... Oh, it was Clemson and NC State and that beatdown, which... Anyways, correct. But like it was literally just a solid like with with those little half hour breaks in between like for the scoreboard stuff going on. It was just a solid 10 hours of football and it was and not a blowout amongst them. Yeah, and it, I mean, if we're being honest, I think at the end of the first quarter, I think if you'd ask any state Iowa State fan, it looked like a blowout, but Man, did they scratch I never lost. Away. I never lost faith, Cole. I was pretty. I was. Yeah, I, I know was, you were sitting back here screaming no, in about I, the position. No, I was not screaming. Well, a little bit, but they weren't playing like they could play. Defense was pissing me off. Defensive backs had their tail between their legs, man. Um. Anyways, we'll get into that in a little bit here. But um, I guess so. Let's let's start off with that a little bit. I suppose let's uh, let's dive into our local local games. Let's dive into our cyclone reaction. Or do you actually? You know what? Let's start with our Hawkeye reaction because we'll have a little less to say about that one, I think. Well, I think it just came down to LSU-Alabama was on at the same time, and that game was a hell of a lot more exciting. Oh, man. No offense. Crazy. It was. It really I don't was. know why Wisconsin ever attempted to throw the ball once. I mean, Cone's a decent quarterback, but when Jonathan Taylor – They ran for running, they ran for 300 yards. I know. I, I when, when do you think – how far back in time do you think you have to go to find an Iowa Hawkeye football team that gave up 300 rushing yards? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question. And and nonetheless, 130 yards in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, I think that's crazy. Taylor Put the team on your back. Eight yards of crack, but Iowa just kind of stuck around. They hit a couple big plays late in the game. Um, yeah, that, and that just kind of hung around. Tyrone Tracy gets the 75 yard TD late in the game right. to right. to nearly which accounted for about half of Iowa's passing yards. 
you know, the sad thing is, is that's actually not even sarcastic. That's yeah. accurate. They had 200 passing yards, but we'll let that slide. But it just, <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, it, in that style of football that Iowa plays, you know, you're never that far out of the game. No, you're not because your because defense. You're, you're keeping it. You're keeping it close. Yeah, yeah and and so it's it was just kind of a a business as usual thing in the Big Ten. I think for that game in particular. And I did see a little bottom line pull-up stat that came up. And Iowa had only scored one touchdown in its previous 30 drives at one point. That's, That's a bad stat. Oh, my gosh. I think it was – I think they equated it to over eight quarters of football that they had – uh, yeah. six quarters of football that they had not scored a touchdown. I was a little bit surprised. So they have the opportunity to go for two um, and tie the game at 24 with three minutes left. Um, regardless, Wisconsin was going to get the ball back, and I don't know if Iowa would have won it regardless there because Wisconsin was pretty well moving the ball at will. Yeah. Would have gave them three minutes on the clock. Um, but an interesting two-point attempt, I would say. Um, previous uh, – oh, for their previous nine on two-point attempts, by the way. They decide to run Nate Stanley up the middle on a draw, which – Nobody would have seen Stan- that coming. No one. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I would agree with that. And apparently, that's the that's the two point play they practiced and practiced all week. But at the same time, for me, Stanley's very good at QB sneaks when it's under a yard to go because he's just kind of big and can fall over. Um, but with three yards and that far out, I don't I don't know if he's just an explosive enough athlete. And we've all seen the middle of their offensive line is pretty weak this year, so. I don't know if that's a great call, but regardless, Wisconsin would have got the ball back. Yeah. Um, but I mean, fun game nonetheless. It wasn't LSU Alabama, but it was a fun game. That was that had to have been one of my favorite games I've ever watched. Like the explosive plays that come out of those two offenses, and like think about where we were. You know, maybe even that was a as, six to three game handful of years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. As soon you know, as far back as maybe just four years ago, three or four years ago, that's just a defensive struggle, and that maybe ends like thirteen to ten. Right. And this this SEC new rising seems to be this well it's shoot them up offense and still play good defense to the point where I don't know Alabama came out sloppy. How about um, two with just see, legit dropping the ball well, on like the you see three yard the line? Punter just dropping the ball in their play. They have a twelve yep. man on the field play. Yep. Um, and that's I mean, not a Nick Saban team. That, that thought that game was over at halftime, but give Alabama credit. They they hung around and they every time you thought LSU was going to ice it, Bama goes right back down the field and puts another big score on the board. I just a very entertaining game. It's funny for me though, is when you see Oklahoma, um. Oklahoma and Texas Tech play, and it's a 45-43 game. It's bad defense. But when you see LSU and Alabama play, and it's a 49-43 game or whatever, it's just because the offenses are so good. You know? Yeah, it's... The national perspective there is a little weird. If you look at this, the Alabama defense is giving up the same yards per play as Oklahoma's in conference play. Right, but the Big Twelve doesn't play any defense. Yeah, <laughs> it it's just wild though too. But it's it's I think it's powerhouse offense after powerhouse offense that comes into these big SEC games. I mean, you look at these top tier teams in the SEC. I mean, we're obviously going to exclude teams like Vanderbilt and South Carolina, and you know, go on down the list of those usual shitty suspects. Georgia has a high-powered offense. Auburn at times can have a high-powered offense. Well, Malzahn's Flo- a genius. Florida at times can have a high-powered offense. They hung 60 on Vanderbilt this weekend. Alabama, LSU, like, again, 
it's it's kind of cool to watch like this the new uprising in college football is not this you know ground and pound three yards in a cloud of dust type shit well, anymore. they're finally getting around to some of the concepts that's been going on in big 12 football for the last 10 years yeah exactly yeah and it's like I said, that was probably one of the funnest games I've watched in a while. I think probably the next one in line again is another Alabama game. That Alabama Georgia game from, um, you know, two uh, excuse me three years ago, two years ago in the national championship, where Tua comes in at halftime and and leads him back, and that was kind of his coming out party. Uh, that was probably up there too. But man, just all around, and then even another local game, that Iowa State game against Oklahoma. Like there are national like national heads and writers or journalists, whatever you want to call them, ESPN, there were people that just thought that that game was a, a must-watch like that. Right. Well, that – It turned into an incredible game. Right. I mean, one of the – and unfortunately, I mean, to me, it – don't wrong, they got down big early. But with this Matt Campbell-led team and the players you've got, I think you're down but never out. Um, it and never we've really, seen it them, never really no, gets that way. We've seen them make adjustments at halftime time and time again. Haycock comes out, brilliant defensive game plan second half, forced Hurts into making some mistakes. And honestly, he made plenty of mistakes in the first half that Iowa State didn't capitalize yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. How many dropped pick sixes? Like at least were, two. Yeah, there were two and three dropped interceptions in the Man. first half. So it's just once again, Iowa State, you know, not capitalizing on the mistakes like they have all year. I mean, if you go back to the UNI and Iowa game, they were making the same mistakes. Sorry not to interrupt you. It's five minutes into the Five minutes into the game, and Iowa has just now scored their second basket. It's nineteen to four. They're getting their ass whooped by DePaul. Sorry, Yikes. keep going. My bad. Um, so that's a little disheartening, but at the same time, I said this at the beginning of the season. I think I said this at the at the UNI game. We've seen this Iowa State team get really lucky the last two years, um, especially Kempton Landing senior year. There were a lot of games that came down just a, an interesting interception or fumble or interesting penalty here that led to Iowa State winning. Everett Edwards faking an injury running off when there's <laughs> yeah. 12 men on the field. Right. Like, shit like that has just not yeah. bounced our way and this year. And this year, year it just ha- hasn't happened. That being said, I, I think this is the best Iowa State team I've seen in my lifetime. And exactly. I don't think it's close. And it's a 5-4 and four team. And it's a 5-4. and four That's crazy. And they may finish 7-5 and five and 6-6, six and six, and I will sit here and argue into death that I think they're one of the 15 best teams in the country. It's just probably, like, one of the most unlucky – teams we've seen I mean just with the amount of accidental big plays that happen um you know we saw Azuna have that that little the interception and that first touchdown to CeeDee Lamb literally just went right through his hands that's that is that could be a 14 point swing if he intercepts it it's a touchback and we go down and score that's a 14 point swing for me though why does it always take till halftime to start making these adjustments and things come? that was my next question why why does that always seem to be the case why why can we not make these big adjustments after the first three or four drives and figure it out? Right. So, I, I don't know. It took a little while to settle in. Um, I like Iowa State's chances against Texas this weekend really well. Obviously, the big the big conversation was the two-point conversion at the end. That's 100% the right thing to do. You're Absolutely. on the road against the number one, number one offense in the country. Um, you've got the opportunity to go end the game right there. And why wouldn't you go? So you've been, you haven't been stopped in four drives. Um, you know, go and do it. Um, they had the right play call. They had things there. Char- Charlie Kohler was open. Yeah, but Purdy couldn't even see Kohler because no. Julian Good-Jones got bull rushed. You know, so right. it was the right play call. He put the ball where it needed to be. Perfect throw. Interference or no interference, just make the play. And it's we're talking, you know, it, we're, we're talking about a different season right now. But 
I think this will really pay dividends in the next couple of years for this group of young men. At least we hope so. So I agree. Um, it, let me ask you this, and I did hear a couple perspectives on this, and I, I can't say that I disagree with them, but I'm I'm with you that going for two is 100% the right call in that scenario. But when you're at home, I th- it's you, kind of a rule of thumb on the on, road. Ask, hang on, let me ask All you a right. question. Let me ask you a question. You have been outplaying them for Jesus. You made quick work of that. You've been outplaying them for at least a full quarter at this point. Your defense has really put the clamps on. Your offense seems to be clicking. Purdy's found it. You got it going. Why not put the put the game in your defense's hand? I I get it. Like I said, I'm in the corner of you, there's no way you don't go for two. I, so let right. let's be you clear about that. Lose. Let's be clear about that. But with the way your defense is playing, so let, let that's my question. Why not let your defense go get it? For me, it comes down to this defense had been playing really well that second half, but with that offense, you know, getting 25 yards for them because remember the college overtime they start the possession at the 25. That can happen in a moment's notice. That's a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, a lot of times Iowa State was getting stops. It was at you know, their 30- or 40-yard line, things like that. Oklahoma never got within, you know. I just think don't give them a short field to work on and things like that. Iowa State probably could have scored with them. Also, you look at this way, um, with the Iowa State's kicking situation, I don't know if that's just where you want to go when you've got Austin Seibert on the other sideline. Yep, I agree, and that's that was kind of my thought process with our kicking game woes. I just don't think there's any way you don't you don't go for two there because, you know, if we get – you know, a fourth and eight from our 23-yard line, you you turn that into a 40-yard field goal, and there are precisely zero people that have confidence in our kicking game to make the 40-yarder. Right. So, I mean, if if you look at it that way, the odds are probably stacked in your favor to lose in the first place, and so rolling the dice and going for two and and, and cutting the throat immediately. Granted, there's still, there's still, I think, would have been 26 seconds left on the clock. So you kick the ball, you run probably, you know, Ideally, at least six seconds off the clock if you don't kick it out of bounds or into the end zone. Um, so 20 seconds for Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb is nothing to go down the field. It's nothing. So truthfully, we even if we do hit that two-point conversion, they're two plays away and a timeout away from kicking a, a 49-yard field goal for the win anyways. So right. you have to do it. You just have to. I agree. But, um, no, I wanted to ask you that question because I kind of thought that was an interesting angle. You know, you, you essentially asked your, your offense to win it for you, and then even though your defense was playing absolutely stellar defense through that fourth quarter, why wouldn't you think about maybe asking them to do it? But, once again, it's the best offense in the country. You're not going to give Jalen Hurts a potential multiple Heisman. Multiple opportunities. Op- multiple opportunities from not even midfield, from the 25-yard line, guys. Right. 25 yards out. So it's like you said, it's absolutely the right call. But um, and I, Campbell never hesitated. Oh, um, no, no, no. Offense of the field, and then we had a little deal where there's a timeout, timeout TV timeout or something, yeah, and the they stayed came on, right back on the field. Yep, he I don't think it came off. Didn't even double. Didn't even think twice. So no. I, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, you know, it shows that he's got the cojones on the road like that to do what he did. And I mean, what can you say about Brock Purdy and just the heart and the fight? I've noticed that he's kind of developed a little habit of throwing off his back foot. 
Well, he um, had no option but to. No. They've they've kind of figured out how to neutralize him to a degree. Defensive has, and Oklahoma State did it really well. Baylor did it really well, and that is rush him, it, get in his face, make him back constantly, and make him. Yeah, don't give him a break. And Oklahoma did a degree, but I think this is the best game he's played in actually two or three weeks. He played really well. Uh, I, I hope that kid in doesn't the face hang of his a head lot of pressure. That. Yeah, you know, and he's starting to figure it out. But yeah, he's he's. Picked up a bad habit of throwing off his back foot, but he hasn't really had the option not to. Yeah, the front foot hasn't necessarily been something he he has the luxury of doing no. at this point. I just really hope that going forward, our offensive line can continue to make strides, and then. Uh, well, I think you will. It's you know we're going to start seeing more of Campbell's guys and guys who have four years, five year, you know, four years of Campbell's coaching and come in and get his co- get that staff's coaching right off the get-go and learn things the right way instead of having to come in halfway through their career and teach them to do things completely different. Yeah, they just really earned the right and practiced the right way week in and week out. And, you know, the, I think the reality of it is is you'll see a really, uh, really improved football team. And for me, it just really, really makes me feel good. I'm like, okay, we get it. You're <laughs> like, you are, um, who is the old coach? He's a Chuck Pagano of the college world, just a master of coach speak. And it's amazing. It's the greatest. But I'm with you. Um, looking forward to next week. That Texas team, if we play anything like we did in the second half, and I'm with you, right. why can't we do that for four quarters instead of two defensively? If we play like that against Texas, I think we win this game, and I think we win it pulling away. Now, for me, Texas is always a weird matchup for Iowa State. Um, really you know, athletic wide receivers. Yeah, and I, I don't know. And that's that's a big mismatch right off the get-go, I think, we can see. Um, you don't say. <laughs> but Herman has, for some reason, had Campbell's number. I mean, Rhodes beat Texas more times, you know, than, than Campbell has. And Rhodes beat Iowa more times. But that's because uh-huh. I feel like we, t- our team and Texas teams typically try to play the same style of football. Um, physical, smash mouth, play good defense, you know, things like that. I, I do think Iowa State has the upper hand this year just in terms of the way Texas has been playing, the injuries that have mounted up, and the confidence that team's playing with. But they picked up a big win on Saturday over a ranked opponent. Um, and they're still alive, you know, in this hunt for playing in a Big 12 championship game. You know, so... Yeah, they are. You know, so I'm not expecting any pushover. That line is weird. The line's six. Um, I don't like that line. I think, if anything, I would take Texas to cover those points right now. Um, but Why don't you take it from the in-house gambling expert? Don't take Texas to cover that spread. Okay. I'm telling you right now. You're speaking with your heart, Cole. I'm really not. I from what from what I saw, I'm not speaking with my heart. With my own two eyes, the way that we performed that second half defensively and the fury and fire we played with on the offensive side of the ball, if we come with that pace, I keep saying we if Iowa State comes with that pace, we're gonna we win that game by ten. Well, but that's that's the perfect storm. The, the like, one thing thing is you're going to very different offense you're matching up with than you saw. And actually, I think it's a little, I think it's a lot more one dimensional. Texas and K State in back to back weeks, those are teams that are actually be pretty similar. Exactly, I think of the way they go about doing things. Um, I was really impressed with our our coaches' game plan, even being down by 21 points. We saw this against Oklahoma State the week before. They got down a couple scores, 10 points early, and just threw and threw and threw and threw the ball. And I think they'd like to have that back. They were not afraid to stick with Brees Hall and keep running the ball, um, even being down big. Down big, and I think that he li- just glides, man. Too. And they limited a lot of Oklahoma's chances to even get the ball. So I was impressed with the game plan. It's going to be a very different team we're going to see Saturday. So 
that that will be interesting for me. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping I don't want to be on Murph and Andy bad call when I say something like that where we're going to win by ten. But I mean, I really I really can see that happen. I really think that if we if we execute and we play like we did in that second half, stop shaking the table. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, if we execute like we did in that second half, I really think that we can win that game by double digits. Now, I can understand why you don't like the look of the line. I, I get it. But I, I just I don't think Texas is consistent enough, and especially coming in to Ames on what looks like will probably be a pretty freaking cold November weekend. It's going to be 45 degrees. Well, okay. And sunny. Uh. With a, a ten mile per hour south wind, a, a November weekend where they're. But they gonna, did say this is the first time in the Big 12's history that Texas has had to come north, this far north, you know, to a Big Twelve ex North school. It's a conspiracy for a November theory. game. Conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. Um, I I think that it's going to be conditions that they aren't going to be used to playing in, and if you think for one second that that crowd is not going to be sellout and absolutely raucous as hell i mean it's a 230 kick so they're going to be nice and lubricated too when they get in there that place is going to be wild because this fan base and this team is coming off of two losses they're hungry everybody's hungry and i think like you said tom herman's got campbell's number campbell's going to want to come out and smack him in the mouth worse than i think he wanted to smack kirk ferentz and the crew in the mouth personally that's what i think but you know, maybe I'm wrong. Who the hell knows? No, I think you, I think you're about right. So. Yeah, but I don't I don't Iowa, disagree Iowa with has, you saying they yeah. may not cover the spread or you, you like Texas to cover. Like that's okay. I'm okay with yeah. that. I just I disagree. I think we got to talk about a game here that could still make or break Iowa season. Don't get me wrong. I think they're probably officially out of the running for the Big Ten Big yeah. Ten West title. Yeah, I think they are. At this um, point. But a win over what is now the number six Minnesota team, <laughs> um, a team that <laughs> Iowa does not like. You know, they are quote unquote rivals. Um, and coming off a big win, let's call Space Spirit. Nobody really likes PJ Fleck. I like the way he dresses on the sideline. I like the tie and vest. He's a douche. Well, so are you. <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> I don't know. I Iowa has a, done a very good job at limiting offenses like Minnesota's. You know, even in Purdue, David Bell went off and had a really big game and. Minnesota has a couple wide receivers like David Bell. Um, but I really expect them to be able to pressure Tanner Morgan um, and, and make something here. I'm, I'm not going to go out of the way and say, what's the spread? What, what's the line in uh, that one? Iowa's favored by three. I, I won't be surprised if Iowa wins at all I, Saturday. See, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you on that one, too, because I hate that line. I think that it needs to be Minnesota five, minus five. But, but what, we've said this a couple times now. Vegas knows something. What does Vegas know? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to tick. They're trying to trick you into taking the home team because they know the Minnesota is going to win that game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Oryx, Iowa matches up. No, let me walk that back. I'm sorry. I, I went backwards on that one. I got some stuff going on. Not exactly the view I wanted right now. Everyone, I'm, I'm going to narrate this for you. Dan has got his shirt untucked. His hands are down his pants. He's feeling um, what I assume are absolutely enormous testicles shifting them around. I have some stuff going on. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Man alive, is your package adjust? Do you need some friggin' gold bond? I, I don't know. Y'all good? It's been a long day. Anyways, uh, I misspoke. I think they're trying to bait you into taking Minnesota 
plus the points. They're trying to bait you into taking Minnesota. And so I, I can I can see where you're coming from. What are you laughing at, DePaul? They're so bad. Yeah, they're bad. 38% from the field right now. Um, I can see where you're coming from saying that, that you think that, that Iowa could cover that. Um, but I think Vegas is trying to bait you. Um, I think it's the same thing with with the Iowa State game. Um, I think they're trying to bait you to to bait you into taking um, the clones to cover the points. Um, again, it no one really ever knows. It's it is literally a coin flip. Vegas has just been doing it for so damn long that they know what they're doing. They they use some sort of profit in a basement that's all coked out. His name's probably like Preston or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like just strung out on on the drugs. But anyways. I think those lines are very interesting. Um, I I personally would take the clones to cover, and I would take Minnesota to cover personally. But that's just me. Should we Should we go into heat index? Yes, that was my uh, that was my next one. Um, we will we will get into our uh, favorite foreigner segment here. So let's uh, let's start with hot. Um, we'll start with our uh, hot blooded teams here, Dano. Um, let's start, um, I, th- I, let's go, uh, let's go with big 12. Let's start big 12. Um, do you want to go or do you want me to? Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. What do you think? Who's your hot team? Um, this team had come off of three straight losses. Fan base is starting to lose hope. Um, come out, have a big showing, um, uh, put dang near 40 points on the board, held what is a bad football team to... Not very many points, but Texas Tech is my hot team of the week. Okay, I can dig that. Um, I like to pick a, a middling, just fledgling team fighting for their lives every week. Fair enough. Mine might surprise you then here. Um, my hot team is Texas coming into Ames. Um, I think they bounced back in a big way after coming off that TCU loss, um, a rallying TCU team. Uh, I think we all expected yeah, TCU to keep winning games going forward. Yep. Uh, Texas... Um, gets K State at home, and they're down fourteen to nothing, really early, and it looks like it has the potential um, to be what could be a blowout if Kansas State moves the ball. Now they score on their first two possessions, and then punt, punt, fumble, if I remember correctly, and Texas figures out a way to scratch and claw back, and they get up late by ten points. And um, for those of you who are like me and and gamblers. Um, K-State, I believe, gets maybe a turnover or something to that effect and gets a touchdown for a backdoor cover, and then the the Longhorns kick a game-winning field goal. So um, I think the fight that they showed in that game against what is a very similar team to themselves and that K-State team, not exactly a high-powered offense, but once again just comes in and plays good football, mistake-free, um, you know, can be really hard-nosed. That's that's a good win. That's a good win by the Longhorns. So um, I'll let them be my hot team because uh, I kind of had trouble with – with some other ones, and you're probably going to be surprised by my cold team, but I'll jump into a hot, hot Big Ten team here. Um, I think Minnesota's the cliche answer. I'm going back to the fight in Lovey Smith's, baby. What a fury. The drive for six. The drive fury, for six is over. Furious. That second half was wild. Thread of Speaking haymakers. Of another 20, game. 28 to 3, dude. They were down by, by 25 points. Scored 20 in the fourth quarter and absolutely shocked the world. Uh, Tyler Ellingson was sitting in the basement. Do you remember him hearing him say that he had like 10 bucks on the plus 500 money line for that game? That's huge. 
That's a super dog. That is epic. That's awesome. I wish you'd have had more money on it. That would have been sweet. Oh, speaking of, I heard this. I can't remember. Somebody was talking. What what show I heard this today? I think it was on Miller and Condon, where someone had Joe Burrow on two fifty odds. They had put five hundred dollars on Joe Burrow on two fifty to one odds at the yep. end of the season. Yep. And they're in line right now to make seventy five thousand dollars. That makes me want to go around and just start picking shitty lines. That's how you lose money. That is how you lose money. I'll just pick a couple a week. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna put five hundred bucks on them. I mean, it's it's cool in those situations. Like, there's there's always those fun stories, but the 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 truth is that those stories are so few and far between. Like you, it's you. That's like picking Nebraska to win the national championship. You have better odds with probably a lottery ticket. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I do that too, and don't win because so. you literally are making a prediction at the very beginning of the year where, God forbid, Joe Burrow goes out in that first game and tears his ACL. <laughs> That was an airball. Who airballed that? Was that <laughs> Bohannon? CJ Frederick. Yeah. Um, we're laughing right now quite hard at uh, Iowa and their misfortune. I will say those uniforms are actually kind of cool. Oh yeah. That yeah, uh, the script. The yeah. script Iowa is sweet. Um, it's thirty-seven to sixteen, and there's still seven minutes to play in the first half. Um, we are watching what is. Very, very poor Iowa basketball team. Or maybe they're just having a bad night. Trent Trent texted me, and he's like, are you watching this Iowa game? And I'm just like, well, bits and pieces of it. And I said, not going well. He goes, they stink. Way too white. Is what he said. Way too white. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen. Oh, my gosh. Shot blocked. DePaul's going to put him away early. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Dan, Dan. No, it's give me your uh, give me your hot Big Ten team. My hot Big Ten team. Um, this team came off back to back losses before a bye week. Came out, won a game they needed to win to stay in the Big Ten West race. Um, Wisconsin is my hot Big Ten team of the week. I like it. That's a good pick too. They uh they needed that one. Like you said, it was a must win. They had to they had to they had to keep the that. The loser of that game pretty well um eliminated themselves from Big Ten West contention. Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, so uh let's uh let's jump to our next foreigner segment here. Um cold as ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice um, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off here, and, and I'll stay in the Big Ten because um, that's kind of how we like to do We'll get a little continuity going here. And my uh, Big Ten cold team comes from the same game my hot team comes from, Michigan State. What in the actual fuck are you doing? Like, And you know what's awesome, though, too, is that they're not even going to be afraid to keep D'Antonio around. Well, they don't. Or why would, why would you let go of him at you this wouldn't, point? You he wouldn't. You wouldn't. Dermot Saban was there, but he's he is your whole program. He is he that, is Michigan State like Dan Tony like is Cam Ferentz, yeah yeah it's it's Dan Tony is to Michigan State what Tom Izzo is to Michigan State I'd think I, I mean truthfully yeah, yeah. those two those two guys literally will be able to write their own checks for their paychecks until they decide to hang it up and that's how it should be Dan Tony has earned that right just like Tom Izzo has and for that matter Kirk Ferentz has too I I mean those that those guys deserve all the respect but. Holy hell, what a meltdown. Well, first of all, their uniforms are terrible. What is that? Who came up with the highlighter green and whoever they are? On if, normal green. If I find you, I'm 
going to probably try to tie your shoelaces together and hope that you trip and fall and knock your two front teeth out. That looks horrible. It was bad. You guys look like idiots. <laughs> and that's coming from someone who is also an idiot, so I'm allowed to say that. True. True fact. Yeah, yeah I'm, I spit the truth, baby. Okay, Daniel, uh, lay it on me. Um, I had Michigan State, too. Okay. So, um, there it goes. Big 12. We'll, uh, we'll roll on. We'll roll on my Big 12 team. Um, mine, mine might surprise you a little bit, but even in the win, I think that they had done some things where they have this opportunity to really showcase themselves and showcase their skills and put on a show for the playoff committee in Oklahoma State. In a real – or Oklahoma State, excuse me. Oklahoma in a, in a – Fired up Iowa State team to come into Norman. You have a night home game where you've got a huge crowd and you go up early and it looks like you're going to put your foot on their throat. And it's just a testament to Matt Campbell once again. But, my God, if you wanted any chance to make the playoff, you basically had to just beat the piss out of everybody going forward, and they didn't. They melted in the fourth quarter and in the second half, for that matter. That that team's got some holes, and I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm not sure they make the playoff. No, I don't. There's not a chance they make the Oklahoma? playoff. Oklahoma, no, no, not a chance anymore. I, I think they had to absolutely obliterate gotta, Iowa State. Some things have to go their way. They had to get to Baylor, and they had to absolutely obliterate Baylor. Play Baylor again in the Big Twelve Championship game. Obliterate Baylor, and then you might have a shot there. They're out. They're I. You know what? I. I they're done. I don't think. I don't think Oklahoma. I don't think they're done just because of how they showed up against Iowa State. I think they're done because they lost to a team nobody thought was very good was very good at the time in K-State. Um, there's still an opportunity. We've seen it before. There's weird things that can happen. I just don't think I just there. don't think they're going to get any benefit going forward. Well, I don't think they're going to get any benefit. Like they no. no matter what, like even if they only even if they fin- finish with one loss, once again, if they win the Big 12 championship and win out from here going forward, a one-loss non-SEC champion in Alabama is going to get the nod way before Oklahoma does. I would agree with that. But um, my whole team is actually the Big 12's probably other playoff contender. Um, Baylor. That was a good one, too. Iowa, Baylor is the antithesis of Iowa State. Where Iowa State has not gotten lucky, Baylor has gotten lucky. They go down, they have a chance to beat TCU in regulation. Um, pass interference brings him like the 20 yard line. Um, they have two false starts and a sack brings him way out and they have a 52 yard field goal to just tie the game to go overtime. And of course they drill it. Um, Baylor probably shouldn't have made it out of regulation of that one. Once again, somehow, like I, I think I told you earlier, team of destiny right now, they just keep doing it week in and week out. But you want to talk about a team that is not impressing the playoff committee right now. That's the Baylor bears. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, an undefeated Baylor team, I mean, if if you look at it, let's say LSU and Georgia play in the SEC title game, and uh, LSU wins, LSU's in. Um, Ohio State wins the Big 12, or excuse me, Big 10. Clemson wins the ACC, which is a given. There's your top four teams right there. And then you have a one-loss Oregon, you've got an undefeated Baylor, and you've got a one-loss Alabama team. I think even the fact that, man, I don't know. I just no. see I see them putting Bama in. No, with the way that with the way that Baylor has pulled off some of their wins, it man, will not matter. They will it never. Will be, it they, would be a meltdown. But I just I don't no, know. They will never leave a undefeated Power Five champion out. 
I hope you're Think right. about the Big 12 is you still have to beat everybody in your conference. It's not like you slid by on a bad Big 10 West schedule or something like that and got away without playing anybody or a bad ACC Coastal schedule, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way. I, mean, I think I say this every week. A undefeated Power 5 team is not being left out of the play- playoff unless there's five of them. I, and I hope you're right, but can you imagine the absolute chaos that would ensue if they actually did do oh, that? Oh, the playoff would get expanded tomorrow. So I just – Man, I just see them favoring Alabama even with a loss over a conference championship. And, I don't and think Alabama's looked very good this year. I don't think they're that good of a football team. I think it. I think it. A lot of it. Who's boils their best down, win over? I think a lot of it boils down to just Tua. I think Tua is very fragile, and I don't know how, but he, that kid's got glass ankles. It happens. You got glass ankles. Yeah, you're Dutch after all, right? Okay, let's move on. Um, okay, I would like to maybe roll into here, maybe just a little around the league stuff. Well, we kind of covered a lot around the league in our uh, heat index here, so maybe we'll just jump into uh, what next week's. Yeah, what's what's next week? What are some good lines for next week? Looks like. Oh, you want you want some lines already, huh? Yeah, let's go there. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start with some lines here. I'm not gonna go into any of that um, Cole's locks or anything, but I would just say around the league here, looking forward for uh, week twelve. Um, I think there is a bunch of intriguing matchups. Um, once again, I don't think it's it's obviously nothing like we saw, you know, this yeah, week. We're, by we're any blessed stretch. with one or two Saturdays like that. Again. Yeah, obviously Minnesota and Iowa in the Big Ten. I think that's going to be a fun matchup again. I think Who's Iowa's Ohio co- State got Rutgers. Oh yeah, because Chase Young conveniently is missing how the Maryland and Rutgers game, the two strongest additions. To oh the wait, Big did, Ten. oh did you say Maryland? Who's they, Mar- they oh, I thought you asked week. me. I thought you asked me who Ohio State had. Oh, for Ohio State has Rutgers this week. Right. They had Maryland this week. Right. So, um, Rutgers is plus fifty one in that game. Talk about what an addition that was to the conference. To a conference game, be an underdog by fifty points. If you don't take Ohio State to cover that fifty one point spread, you are really dumb. That's easy. Um, so really it's only Indiana Penn state. I think is actually a sneaky, good game. Sneaky, very good game. Sneaky, good game. Michigan, Michigan state. We have seen a lot of crazy finishes in that one. So really doesn't matter what the records say in that game. That's going to be a, that's going to be a blast. Um, moving forward into the big 12. Um, really, I think the, the Baylor, mar- Oklahoma, Baylor, right? Baylor, Oklahoma is the marquee game. game day. That's uh yep. First time ever to Baylor. I think if I remember hearing that right. Um, first time in Waco, um, that can't be actually. That's what they said. Is it yeah. really? Yeah. Well, for how good they were, like maybe four or five years ago, under against the uh, rapists. Oh, let's not even get into it. My wife's gonna yell at me if she hears us talking about that <laughs> stuff. Um, Texas and Iowa State is gonna be a really good game. TCU, Texas Tech, that'll be a good game. Who's K State got? Uh, West Virginia at home. Yeah. Um, so that that might be a fun game, but I mean, you can fully expect yeah. K State to beat the brakes off them. Um, then kind of going around the league from there, I don't think, you know, Thursday, and I honestly love those little Thursday-Friday matchups. Those right. are those are really fun to watch, I think, truthfully. But um, I don't think that um, there's a ton of just, like, absolute barn burners of games um, happening. Like, the Pac-12 is kind of really dull this week. Um, really nothing going on in the SEC, ACC. SEC has got to be about to that week where everybody plays, like, Wofford or something like that or yeah. the Citadel, don't they? That's usually about right before rivalry week. Yeah, it's it's close. I know that um well, LSU and Ole Miss. I think they're still I think they're in their last conference game of the year, truthfully. Um 
Clemson and Wake Forest could be sneaky good too. Uh, Wake Forest goes to Clemson. How about this? Here's what here's what the odds makers of Vegas think of Clemson. They're playing a number nineteen Wake Forest. Is Wake team. still rated after Wake, losing Saturday? Yeah. Well, I I guess these these might not have the updated rankings. Wake Wake would probably be. Let's just call them a top twenty five team for lack of a better term. They only have two losses. Um, their losses coming to Virginia Tech in Louisville which probably not two great losses, but losses nonetheless. They have Clemson favored by 32.5 points against a top 25 team. I, I don't think they're rated anymore. i got to check the they, top 25. They're probably yeah. not, but, like, but like that just was again. the big deals with Wake getting beat. Wake was potentially the one ranked team Clemson was going to have on the schedule, and now with them losing Saturday, you know, they Clemson's resume, don't get me wrong, they're they're going to have a dang good shot to be in the playoff, but yeah. their resume is very weak. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a downswing in the in the college football world this week. I mean, I, like, Well, there's I, not I, many honestly, weeks like last week that happen very no, often. No, no, they don't. I mean, Alabama, Mississippi State, I mean, like I said, it, it's still conference matchup time, but it's about the last of it um, going forward here. And so then we get into week 13 next week. But, again, it's it's going to be a little bit more of a mundane week, but we'll, we'll get a couple good matches. It'll be fine. And then we get my favorite shit, Pac-12 after dark. Get USC in California starting at 10 o'clock. Always looking forward to that Pac-12 shit coming through. You know, I always have a couple three, five, seven, ten beers in me by the time that rolls around. That's always a good time. Um, so that being said, we've uh, we've got some stuff going forward here. And before I get into my locks, Dan, would you like to do some trivia with me? Would you like to enter Cole's Did You Know segment? All right. I, I want to get a good sponsor intro for this, by the way. It's yeah, we do. We need um, – What's what would be a good sponsor for a did you know trivial like a I don't know I don't know who knows <laughs> I got no, I couldn't think of anything that like had tr- like a board Some, game somebody's like Westtown Pub's trivia night should sponsor Cole's yeah did there you, you know, go so I like that you. I like that a bunch yeah presented by Westtown Pub unofficially um, I'm giving out everybody all this traffic without nothing good for, actually probably oh, oh we probably we're probably taking business away so there's that <laughs> we probably owe them money now yeah. Um, so, I will build on my Baylor not making it into the playoff, even if they go undefeated argument. As they sit right now at 9-0, and okay, 9-0 and Baylor team, according to the statistics and all that, you know, arrhythmics, arrhythmic, um, analytics, analytics, all those, all Arith- those things, arithmetic, arithmetic, all the arithmetic and analytics. Baylor has a 4.6% chance to make the college football playoff. Sitting at nine and zero. Is this based on FBI or something like I that? I think so. Um, I saw it on a little bottom line ESPN deal on the Daily Wager. I love that show. Okay, I only have two bullets this time around. I really couldn't find much goods for like um, this day in history. Well, okay, here's one. Um, Forty-five years ago, we were given the greatest actor of all time on November 11th. He got left off of a headboard by a woman who left him in freezing waters after his ship sank. It's Leo DiCaprio. Greatest actor in the history of American theater. I mean, he's a shapeshifter. He's like Johnny Depp. Good Lord. Okay. Also, um, this date in history, 100 years since the original Armistice Day. Fun fact. That's why Veterans Day is 11-11. Yes. Happy Veterans Day, everyone. Happy uh, thank you to all the veterans who have served us um, and uh, kept our country safe and given us the opportunity to have the freedoms that we do 
you got you guys are all the greatest of all time. We we owe First you Hall of Famers. we owe you everything we have in this country. And that being said, thank you very much for your service. We greatly appreciate it. We are forever indebted to you. Uh, and my last one, I actually stole this from Andy Fails, a uh, friend of the pro- program. Uh, he spat this out on more today after he um, has firmly cemented himself as the authority in horseradish production in the Midwest. <laughs> it costs the city of Des Moines, each time it snows, it costs the city of Des Moines $75,000 per inch of snow. Per inch of snow. So what did it cost us last winter to remove all that shit? I, I what we end up having like a total of thirty to forty inches. So I mean that's that's wild math, dude. Well, okay, so every ten inches, it's just under a million dollars. It's three quarters of a million dollars. Oof. Yeah. I can think of better ways to spend my money. Let's let's just have it be warming. Come on, Al Gore. Yeah, come on, come up with give us your give us your global warming fixes here, Al. Piece of shit. <laughs> okay. So I will get in here. Um, we're going to get into our um, um, Coles locks and cash considerations. Dan, um, I hate to break this to you. You are one in three in our cash considerations, our slap bets. Um, I, I think the bottle of Fireball is here in the fridge, so I'll grab that for you in just one second so you can fill a buster here for me in just a minute. Um, you took the beloved Fighting Herm Edwards at even up. I was going to give you the point and a half, but I did not give you the point and a half. And actually, when it closed... USC was favored by a point and a half. So it actually swung three points. I took the Trojans. This final score was 31 to 26. You always take the Trojans. That was, that was an innuendo. I'm, Sorry. I'm not going to. I obviously don't. My wife is pregnant. I do not <laughs> use the Trojans. I do not use Trojans. It's pretty, it's pretty clear at this point, Dan. You're more of a Durex been? guy. A Durex. Lambskins. Oh, gross. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Dan is one for three, I believe. Um, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to get another one going here. I might, you know what? I'm probably going to make you bet another PAC 12 game with me just because then it makes it more interesting. And you're the only one who watches PAC 12 football. You have the advantage. No, Ken Miller does, but he doesn't really count because he's kind of a dingus too. What, what, come on. Give me the, give me the shit to bed ACC game of the week. Shit the bed. What do you mean? What do you, what's that mean? Give me two, four and five ACC teams. That are playing each other? Okay, how yeah. about Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech? <laughs> uh, I'd take Vatech in that one. I don't even know what the line is. Uh, Virginia Tech's 6-3, and three, so they're bowl eligible. Georgia Tech's only getting 5.5. I would take Virginia Tech in that one all day. Um, Central Michigan and Ball State. Yeah, anyways, let's. I, listen, I want to do another Pac-12 game. All right, and, fine. And you know what? I'll give you – we'll go on a team that I don't even – or that I haven't even um, won with yet on you, and I've even bet you won before. New Mexico goes to Boise State. Now, I will say this. New Mexico is very bad. Is this the New Mexico? Is that the Aggies or They're the Lobos? They're the Lobos. New Mexico State's the Under, Very underrated logo. Uh, uh, mascot. Yes, agree. Uh, the Lobos. Lobos. The Lobos have the 58th ranked offense in the country but have the 127th ranked defense. That's bad. Give up an absolute atrocity of yards through the air. But they're 2-7 and seven because they've probably, like us, maybe not got the ball to bounce their way a couple times. Um, they are going to my Boise State Broncos, number 22 rated. 
and Boise State's favored by 28. Oh. I, I want to lay the points with you. You want to take that? You, you're up four scores to start the game. So I'm taking Boise State to cover. No, 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 no. I'm letting you take the points in New Mexico. I'll take Boise State to cover the 28. Because that's a big bet. Why do you get to pick the game and the team? Shouldn't I? Shouldn't I get to pick a team okay. or game? Okay, or? fine, fine, fine. Yeah, do you want? Do you fair. want Boise State? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do, Cole. So that's option one. <laughs> okay. How about let's do? <laughs> you, you didn't oh, like what I picked. Hey, wait, hang on. So here's Ohio, the Ohio State Rutgers. The Rutgers plus fifty-one. Actually, yes, I will take Rutgers plus fifty-one. Deal. Yep. Hundred. I. Yep. All in. All in on that one. They're treating this as a bye week. No, they're treating this as a bye week because okay. it is got, on the road for they got Ohio their State. I get no, it. it's it's not about it has anything to do with Rutgers. It has there's this conspiracy theory. I love this going out that um, people think Mike Loxley tipped off the NCAA about Chase Young's ineligibility. Oh, it happened. So Ohio State was bound and determined to hang seventy on him. So, in my mindset, you know, they did that last week. This week, they will be happy to cruise to a 40-point win um, and just rest most of their guys when they, when, they, when they can. So, there's that. And they've got, what, Penn State next week, I think? So, there's that. Yeah. Do you want another one of these beers over here in your six-pack? Sure. Okay. I'm about to take this fireball, so. Does that mean I can't give this to you or what? No, that's fine. What are, you, what, are you, what are you getting me? Roxy? No, I'm going to try I've never had a Heineken in my whole life. That's why I got that. Not once. Is it good? Pretty gross. Oh, well, we're going to find out. I figure I'm a, I'm a Hollander that's never had a Heineken before, so. I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Name that movie, Dan. Did you know? Did you know that movie? I can't think off the top of my head. Austin Powers, gold member. <sighs> the Dutch. <laughs> There's two things I hate in life. I don't even know what the first one says. And then the Dutch. <laughs> so good. So, hey, yeah, hey, get get going on that fireball here. Okay, so we're doing Ohio State Rutgers. I love that. That's fun. Yep. I'll take the 51. Okay, I dig it. I love the balls, dude. You, when you leave, we're going to have to put your balls in a wheelbarrow as you go up the stairs. I'm going to have to go get another bottle of Fireball. Oh, that is terrible. Or do we need to switch to something else? Like, should we start doing, like, butter shots? Oh, I actually like butter shots. Well, yeah. See, that's the problem. It doesn't feel painful if we don't. Jager bombs. Yeah. Jager bombs. I got to make it at home. Jager Okay, so here's my uh, here's my locks of the week, ladies oh. and gents. I went two and two last week. So if you parlayed my shit together, I apologize. Hey, first of all, first of all, who should have bet the line that I told you Saturday? Yeah, I had what four did, teams to cover? You did. You had four teams. You said I said it was blood around Saturday. Minnesota. No, you did say Iowa though too. You said yeah. Well, Iowa did cover. They covered the no. Seventh. You said you said straight up they were all going to win. Okay, well I I meant cover. Well, you were you're an idiot. No, but you were right. It was good. Um, Iowa to cover, Iowa State to cover, Minnesota to cover, and I forget your fourth one. I think you said LSU. LSU to win straight up. Yeah. So actually, you were two and actually, two. You I were two and two on the money lines, I and you were Minnesota to win straight up. I think. Yeah, you were two yeah. and two on the money lines, and you were uh, four and zero oh on point spread. So nice work. That's maybe pretty, I should be the gambling expert. You you know you'd think that, um, but you refuse to participate with my gambling. Oh, that picks. smells like shit. Yeah, I don't think it's very good beer. Just to be honest with you. Um, so I went two and two last week. 
Um, I had Temple, minus one and a half, USF. Um, that one was a hitter. Um, oh, a non-point oh. spread, not good. That's worse than the fireball. Go get a Coors Light. I'll drink it. Okay, deal. Um, I didn't take a point spread. I did uh, Purdue at Northwestern under the 38 points. Um, that one went to 44 points or something like that, so I missed on that one. Um, K-State at Texas. K-State was plus seven. That one hits. Um, again, that was a really looking really, really good early. Um, maybe even thought something like on the money line because I don't know what those odds were. They were probably like 220 or something like that. Um, so that one hits. And then my last one that I lost, I went San Jose at Hawaii. Um, Hawaii only ends up winning by about three points, and they were minus seven and a half. So I went two and two. Um, felt pretty convicted in all four of those and, and came up short, but that's okay. And truthfully, I lost the two that – well, I lost one that I was really confident in. I knew Temple was going to cover that USF. But um, I'm going to try this again. I'm, I'm going – I'm going down a little bit more of a mainstream hole this time. Um, Navy at Notre Dame. Navy is plus nine and a half and going into West Bend. It's plus 300 on the money line. Navy's in the top 30 of offense and defense. They rush for like 290 yards a game, something stupid like that. Notre Dame gives up 150 yards a game. Ranked 62nd in the country. Sneaky. Sneaky here. I like it. Navy is going to run it down their throat in what will be a very mild Saturday here in the Midwest once again. Um, truthfully, Notre Dame might even be getting some lake effect snow that day. Who the hell knows what's going on in West Bend? Or maybe even some rain. Um, I like Navy in that game, plus the nine and a half. I'm calling it right now. Road upset. Navy takes down the fight in Irish. I like it. So I that's, can handle it. that's my first lock of the week. My next one. OU at Baylor. Baylor is plus 10. OU just came off of a very close game where Iowa State came back in a fury. I believe that not only is Baylor luckier than Iowa State and luckier than the other 132 teams in the FBS, I also believe that Baylor can score points and defend a little bit better than what oh excuse me Oklahoma has seen this year as well give me Baylor and the 10 points at home first time game day's been there that crowd's going to be jacked that place is going to be rocking this is for a potential playoff berth big 12 championship preview match give me Baylor and the points lock that one up okay my next one Minnesota plus three in Iowa this one screams trap, I really think. I think they're begging you to take the points, and Vegas thinks Iowa's going to win this game. They're begging 80% of this, these tickets to come in on Minnesota. They're looking for a payday here, and it's honestly a good move on their part. But I think they are wrong. They need to be given the points to Iowa. It should be Iowa minus three, but it's not. It's Minnesota plus three. Minnesota's riding high, and once again, this has got potential for a playoff spot for them if they come out and play well. Their fast-tracked Big Ten West title here could be playing against Ohio State come early December in that championship game. Give me Minnesota plus the three. Um, so those are my three locks. Um, once again, feeling pretty convicted in those, but I bet you I go one and two. I'm just kidding. 
Um, I saw a couple other ones that I liked, and it's really funny that, that we made this our uh, slap bet of the week here, Dan, because I wrote down Ohio State minus the 51 against Rutgers. That one's – you're going to have to take more shots of that fireball, yep. so you may as well get another bottle. Well, I just want to tell you how refreshing this Coors Light is after drinking that fireball on Heineken. Maybe the Heineken was – Oh, only- my God. I'm – I have a problem, and that tastes like ass. I don't even know if Heineken's a beer. It says malt beverage on there. Is it it even does a beer? say premium malt lager. Wow. It tastes That tastes like straight diesel fuel. Yeah, I think if I put this in my tank, I don't think my diesel fuel would gel up. I'm actually pretty sure it wouldn't. Holy God, that's not good. It's 5%, though. Huh. Oh, excuse me. Pretty bad. Um, okay, so and then another one I got here, um, I'm, and I actually – so I wrote down three of these games as, like, really, really big point spread plays that I should have parlayed. Oh, and that's the other thing. In my personal personal book, I parlayed three really big point spreads together. I parlayed Ohio State to cover the 43 against Maryland. I parlayed uh, Florida in with that, minus 27 against Vanderbilt, and both of those covered – and I meant to click Clemson minus 33 and accidentally clicked NC State yeah, plus That didn't work out too well. But I had it called, and I knew it was going on. So I was right there with it. But nonetheless, I missed. So I've got three big point spread parlays that I think are all big winners here. Big winner, big winner. Ohio State minus 51 at Rutgers. Uh, Army is at home against a team with the acronym VMI. I tried to click on VMI. CBS Sports does not even have a profile for this team. For the Virginia Mili- Mili- Military Institute? They don't? Sure, You're whatever that is. Army's only favored by 34.5. Army's going to win that game by 55. I, That's I, a lot of points for a triple option team. Uh, they've covered, they covered it last week. Okay. Uh, and then my last one, big point spread. The U- Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns, baby. They're... I'm pretty sure their team is just full of people who look and sound like Ed Orgeron. They are at South Alabama. South Alabama is a two and seven team. The Raging Cajuns are, I believe, a six and three or seven and two team. They have got an absolutely lethal offense for playing in Conference USA. They're minus twenty eight and a half. I would take them minus the twenty eight and a half. That's a little obscure game, but they've got a big high powered offense in Alabama. South Alabama, I'm pretty sure, has a couple of one-armed kids playing safety. So you should be okay. Hey, South Alabama put ne- took Nebraska to the ropes. What does that say? Jaguars. What does that say? Fair enough. So those are my locks. Those are some of my little fun side uh, side bets of the week, and uh, that's kind of where I land. But, Dan, I think that we have kind of ignored a topic here. We, we need to address the elephant. We have ignored a topic for quite some time um, going going through this. I'm a little impressed, to be honest. Uh, yeah, me too, honestly. Xavier Foster announced this morning at 9 a.m. that he was going to come to the Iowa State Cyclones and finish, or excuse me, start and play his collegiate basketball here in Story County. And he was going to continue his education here in Ames. How long that education lasts, who knows? Maybe he leaves after his sophomore or junior year. Who knows? But he is going to be a Cyclone. And let me tell you, the butt hurt was strong on the internet with some of the Hawk fans. Well, I want to throw this out there. So this recruitment, as someone, I I'm, I follow recruiting pretty closely. Um, you know, because what better do I have to do than pay attention to what sixteen and seventeen? Right, you you follow recruiting like I follow gambling. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, I think it's I, a, I don't I don't know why. 
uh, really, I, it really has no bearing or whatever because I don't get. That I love much it. Scoopage. I love it though. You tell me all the shit. You give me all the info. So the last week, so Foster made his final visit to Iowa State a week ago to tomorrow um, to the Northern Illinois game. He attended Iowa's exhibition on Monday. Um, attended Iowa State's home opener um, against Mississippi Valley State on Tuesday. Um, from then on, it was assumed those were going to be his last two visits. He was going to make his decision today, Monday. People felt very strongly. The Iowa State staff felt very strongly he was going to be them. Um, obviously, playing in the NBA is important to a guy who at one point was as ranked as number 25 in the 2020 recruit rankings. Right now, he's right He's right around 56, I think, in the 24-7 rankings after getting hurt this summer and not playing a lot of AAU ball. Um, but regardless, he's a seven foot, seven foot big man who averaged 15 points, 11 rebounds and six blocks a game last year for Oskaloosa. Um, who's, who's fairly athletic, has a good outside, good outside shot. Um, it can really be a stretch four for what Iowa state needs. Anyway, over the weekend, the crystal ball picks and everything started going very hard towards Iowa. He attended the Iowa game versus Southern mm, Utah. I think Southern Illinois Edwardsville, maybe I can't remember. Um, it was Southern, some nondescript place, a directional nondescript state um, game <laughs> on Friday. Um, and from then on, you know, and that was something he had not told Iowa state staff about. And the, the picks were trending very much. Iowa, I had kind of come up to, you know, the sources and everything were saying it was going to be Iowa. I even texted one of my Iowa friends this morning saying Foster was theirs, yada, yada, yada. After betting him 20 bucks last week that he was going to be a cyclone. Needless to say, I didn't even watch the announcement. My phone just blew up at about 9.03 saying he had picked Iowa State. So I'm going to be interesting. I, I want to have when, – when I find out more details of what actually went on in this recruitment, I want, I want to have a little 30 for 30 um, on the Xavier Foster recruitment because here's the deal. He is maybe not even – when put, he is the highest ranked recruit in Iowa State's class this year for 2020, no doubt. But he's not near as a big enough recruit. The reason he's so big is because he's an in-state you know, a highly, highly ranked in-state kid. Iowa State hasn't won, had one in a long time. Um, offers from Kansas, USC, UCLA, Baylor, Providence, Rhode Island, or not Rhode Island, um, Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So really good offers. Obviously the potential's there. Um, but coming down to Iowa, Iowa State, things like that, Fran needed this recruit in a bad, bad way. Huge. It was a big get for him if he got it. Um, right now, their recruiting class with four commits, their recruiting class is finished, um, depending on you know him taking his kids off scholarships, things like that. Um, they have four recruits, um, and none of them have an additional Power 5 offer. Um, they have Aaron Ulysses' little brother, who has an offer from DePaul, which as of the looks of this game tonight, he may be wanting to rethink that. He might want to rethink it. Um, Tony Perkins, who has an offer from Ball State. Um, and then the Kenyon Murray. I don't know if you remember Kenyon Murray. He was a really good player for Iowa in the 90s. Um, his twins, who played at Cedar Rapids Prairie and were the number 15 and 16th ranked players in the state of Iowa last year, um, went down and are playing at a prep school in Florida this year. Um, who had offers from Western Illinois and Truman State. So zero Power 5 offers. Yeah, so, so this class... DePaul being the best yeah, the best offer out ever. They're still in on a couple of big routes. Josh Agundelay is one um, big man um, out of the Northeast um, who has offers from Rutgers and Cincinnati and Providence. Um, they think there's a good chance he stays out there. 
But so Fran really needed this recruit um, just to keep in-state momentum. And with him going to Iowa State, it gives Iowa State a very good class. And it, it really changes the shape of things, I think, going forward in in-state basketball. I uh, think that it, it was fun to listen to, to him say to some of the things about how what his expectations were about coming to Iowa State. Like, even saying... He's very going, level-headed about everything. Going as far as saying, like, my my family's Iowa fans. I'm an Iowa fan, but for me to be successful, I knew I had to go to Iowa State. And uh, you even, you know, even his coach said that, you know, you could see the weight lifted off of his shoulders, and it was it was right. just kind of done for him. And that's, that's probably got to be a really great feeling, but... Well, after it, being recruited that hard for four years, I think, you know, and having... Because it was an in-state battle, if he was down to Missouri and Arkansas, no one would care that much. No. Um, but be, being an in-state thing, I'm sure he heard it a lot each and every day. And he's um, probably not going to be done hearing it either. Well, There are no, going to be Wednesday. some real shitty people out there. Well, that that's gonna... just it. Wednesday's signing day, so it's going to get over and done with. But I'm sure he's going to get it from a lot of people. Uh, Oskaloosa is very much Hawkeye country. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tyler Sash, a few of those guys. He's going to get it from a lot of fans out there You know that – Oh, you're picking Moo Yu or Clown School or all this other stuff. You know, so credit Xavier Foster for making a you know, what he thinks is the best decision for his future and I think what us as Iowa State fans I think are the best, but um just a really interesting recruitment and obviously he has never stepped on the floor for Iowa State yet, but I think one that Cyclone fans should be pumped up about. Yeah, I mean I think his biggest upside from what I've seen in stats and some highlights and some other um I guess write ups or scouting write ups if you even want to call him that. Is that his his biggest presence is on the defensive end? Would you right would you, right? And and it could move more to scoring. I think that I, I heard someone right say that he has a six eleven kid that he plays with, and that adds actually way better inside. Right. And so they keep that young man on the low block at Oskaloosa, and then Xavier gets to move outside a little bit. Yeah, and, and so the and fact that you of, can be seven foot and score from the outside, that's really that's and play defense. That's that's kind of a cool add. That's kind of the. I think the big man that he'll be asked to be at Iowa State too, because you look at this. We got George Condit, who's playing really good basketball in the first couple of games of the season, um, and he's more of your traditional back to the basket big man in terms of you know po- low post moves and things like that. He's athletic enough to rim run and stretch the floor. But you put him in Condit, and Condit can really stretch the defense at seven feet tall and shoot a little bit of an outside shot. He's not as polished inside as inside as you'd like to be. He's more of a finesse big man. You know, he looks a lot like a Baylor Baylor's big men that have, you know, Torian Prince and yep. Isaiah Austin, guys like that. Um, but I think you look at this team, and if we can get Tyrese Halliburton to come back, you're talking about um, an all-Big 12-point guard. You're talking about two big men there that are 6'11 and 7'0 and Condit and Foster. Um, Trey Jackson, Kale Grill, we've all seen, can shoot the basketball really well. Let me see you grill. Um, you know, I, I think the foundation is there for a good good team. And we got to remember the number one recruit in the state of Iowa and another top 25 recruit in the 2021 class um, is Names Kid. So, Taman Lipsy, a really good point guard. They get him on board as well. I think things are looking out for the future of Iowa State basketball. So, let's just put it this way. Dan said that he pays really, really, really close attention to recruiting. I have never heard the name Taman Lipsy or whatever the hell he He's just dead. said. Yeah. yeah, sounds great to me. I honestly don't even start paying attention until they get to Iowa State's campus. Which you know is is one thing, but I, I it's just not my thing. Like it's just it's so much to keep track of, and especially college basketball. I mean, there are thousands of kids, man. Like you just, I would never be able to keep them straight. And I mean, I can't even keep my own life straight half the time. So um, I think it's going to be interesting too because I did see Tyrese put up a picture of him 
and Xavier, like on like, you know, one of his recruiting days or whatever, where he comes and gets to put a jersey on and take a couple like little glamour shots, or whatever these kids are into these days. And Tyrese uploaded that like 10 minutes after the selection. So like to me that says, hey, I'm planning on being here again next year. Now that's going to change probably because he's going to get some pretty good draft feedback. Well, if he keeps averaging 12 assists a game, he's going to. Yeah, exactly. And you're gonna, they're going to look at him and say, hey, you're going to be a top 20 pick. You probably better go to the draft. Right. But so, can you imagine him throwing lobs to George and Foster? That just made my heart flutter a little bit. And then hitting, hitting Grill and Jackson in the corners. Rob the jewelry store until make me a grill. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, exciting. It's unfortunate for me because we were going to see this no matter who committed to, but the amount of fans that were so excited for his commitment either way, because mm-hmm. um, this isn't quite a Harrison Barnes level recruit, but I think Not quite. it's the same kind of level of impact. The amount of fans that you know went from all pumped about getting Xavier, and then as soon as he committed the other school, saying, "Well, he's a really bad student anyway. That's the only reason he's going there," or you know, he wants to hang out with this, or you know, throwing the kid under the bus. Where we never really wanted him; he's not that good. I think the same thing would have happened had he committed to Iowa. Yeah, exactly. There's that so, vocal five percent. It's just it's disappointing for me to see that, but I hope the best for the young man. I want to say this: it seemed like he had a really level head throughout his whole recruitment. Um, didn't make a big deal. There wasn't no grabbing one hat by accident. Grab just went out there, said where he's going to go. Yep. Um, family handled all with class. So excited to have him on board. I kind of thought I watched, I was watching the live stream and his dad was sitting there talking to one of like the Oskaloosa Indians. Um, I don't know, streaming network people or whatever. And his dad just kind of seemed a little bit subdued about it. But I think once again, and I don't know, maybe it's just me reading into it. Do you think any of that had something to do with the fact that they're Iowa fans or like they're an Iowa family? Do you think his dad was maybe just internally just a skosh bummed out? I think that's part of it. But at the same time, if they got, re- they said that they said it's all been his decision. They've, you know, nobody's tried to push him one way or they've let him make it. And they think he, they're hundred percent confident in the decision he made. It was really funny for me after he announced where he was going. Um, you can hear the whole room. There in the gym in Oskaloosa is, I mean, you could have heard a cricket cricket chirping. Nobody started clapping. Nobody started clapping or cheering anything, and you could tell like he kind of had that smile on his face because they were all expecting him to pick Iowa, I think. And then you heard a little bit of a round of applause, so that was pretty humorous, I thought. Yeah, so. and I like like you said, he's been pretty level headed. I mean, he even said, "I, I know what my role is going to be coming in. I'm not going to be a starter right off the bat. Like I'm I'm coming in to play a role, and and yeah. maybe he earns those minutes." You know, going right. forward, like maybe he earns a starting role. Who knows? I mean, we're right. we're losing Solomon. Right. Or no, Solomon's just a junior. Solomon. Well, yeah. We Excuse got, me. We got a medical red shirt with him. Pardon me. Yeah. So, I, what we only get Jake for this year, and he's Jake's done, right? Senior. Yep. yep. So, I mean, there's there's potential there. I mean, he could come in and unseat George Condit. Maybe George Condit just stays a six man for his entire career. You know, we never we don't know those things, but um, like I think there's potential for him to earn earn those minutes and going forward. I really want to go watch him play a couple of these high school games. I mean, I sent you the schedule. Let's I mean, go watch him in Des Moines. They'll be in the state tournament, I would Gr- hope. Well, so. Grinnell's – dude, Grinnell's 30 minutes away. Well, fair enough. Well, probably 45. But nonetheless – Nothing um, better to do on a weeknight. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you've got nothing going on. Um, but anyways, so that's that's kind of the elephant in the room that we address here a little bit. But uh, moving forward, Dan um, – I'm kind of I'm kind of out of uh, topic ideas here. What, I, I what don't else, got anything. What else fun. you got? I'm excited. So we, we got we got to let college basketball develop a little bit more before right. we start talking too much about right. it. Like we can't talk about these these. Well, I mean, Iowa State had a good game against Oregon State. Um, like you said when we talked a little bit on Saturday, that's a tournament team. They they hung in there. They were down by ten early. Trace Tinkle's a stud. Yep, Trace Tinkle. I love that. 
Um, you know, they fought back and I think maybe even led at one point the shortly. Yep. And then just kind of was always, were always down by three, four, five points um, consistently. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that team, for them to put up a fight like that on a true road game, your second game of the year. Right. Um, man, Iowa's defense is so bad. Do they just not care? I don't know. It's looking pretty apathetic at this point. Well, when your best player is Connor McCaffrey or uh, Luca Garza is their best player. Oh man. Well, actually, Wieskamp is their best player, but that—that's it. So. Yeah, I I hope that. Man, Garza's eyebrows—they're <laughs> pretty rough. Anyway, college basketball is something we're going to cover. Um, it'll be a lot more fun when we get to conference play. These non-conference games, we'll get to some tournaments here. I think it's going to be fun. We get we get to, I think, college football is Cole and I's both a thing we're both passionate about. Yeah, love it. We're running to the end of the regular season, and we're going to get into some different topics. I think we're going to start having some guests on here shortly and doing some other you know kind of out-of-the-box topics, and I think it'll be fun. Um, if you guys got any recommendations of who wants to, you know, who we should have on the show, we'll talk about sports and more. I mean, don't really care. Uh, we've got some other ideas. We'll relive some of our college days and some other things. So uh, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to. Don't wrong. I love talking college football with you every week. Um, I'm I'm excited to. It's and gonna I'm, be fun to go off the beaten path. I'm a I'm bit. a little bit scared for you you guys out there to find out what's in me and Cole's heads. So yeah, there's it's, that. Uh, yeah, you're gonna really come into the cellar on this one. It's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be fun. But um, I think with that, I mean, I'm 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 kind of tapped out on topics here. I think we I think we got a lot of good conversation here and. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll end it on a high note here and and uh, go from there and um, yeah everybody enjoy your week Danny thanks for coming down and hanging out with me once again once a week it's our weekly ritual there you go thank you buddy go clones everyone have a good week.